0: choice I leave to you
1: hello and welcome back to Keanu believe it the talk film society podcast that is all Keanu Reeves all the time I'm Sam Van Herren, assistant editor at TFS, and a lifelong fan of the singular Keanu Reeves. I am your guide through his diverse and interesting career. Each week, a guest and I discuss a film from his filmography, which we're working through in chronological order. On this episode, we'll be discussing Hardball. I'm excited to welcome back my guest, Mike Delaney, not least because we actually get to talk about a movie that Keanu is in uh, for more than half a minute. Uh, so, how's it going, Mike?
0: <laughs> it's going well. Yeah, no, uh, and, and I'm so glad to be like, it, it, it's it's not like me, but I'm the sports guy, I think, on Keanu Believe It, except for, uh, what, the mic was on the Replacements episode recently.
1: Right, but you are, uh, you and him, so the I only talk to mics uh, when we're doing sports stuff, so. All right. With Keanu. So. Good.
0: Keeping it clean. It's official, Good, buddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, you've been on before, so we already know that you're uh, one of the Keanu faithful. Uh, but, so let's we can just dive right into the movie. Uh, had you seen this movie before coming on here, Hardball?
0: Yes. Um, when you were first setting up the podcast, um, well, I wanted to do Youngblood because I like Youngblood. And I, I didn't uh, totally remember that Keanu was only in it for... I think we we call it 37 seconds uh <laughs> with three lines or right. something. But the the other one I asked for that I didn't think people would necessarily be clamoring to you know uh, to do on your show was uh 2001's hardball cuz uh we'll we'll get into it a little bit deeper later but I'm a uh, public school teacher, and Hardball has been one of those great go-to movies that kids, because I do middle school and high school, that Mm -hmm. kids like like to watch on those days where they're doing standardized testing, and then you have to fill, you know, forty minutes at the end of the day, you know, two times a week, something like that. But they've always loved Hardball, so uh, I I became a a fan (laughs) watching it with uh, its target demographic.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely. Uh, I can definitely see that. Uh, it seems definitely like one that kids would want to watch. Uh, I mean, it's... I mean, it's a baseball movie, so... Uh, baseball movies, even the lesser ones, tend to be... have that, you know... They're still entertaining to watch, even I don't think this is necessarily... I think this is pretty much, like, a middle-of-the-road in terms of baseball movie, but it's still got, uh, Keanu. It's got a bunch of kids that are good, you know, in both, uh getting you to care about them, but also just being entertaining as far as that goes. Uh, Yeah, this is a movie I I know I had seen it before. Uh, I didn't remember much about it. Uh, I know it's like one of those ones that I just had seen and uh, kind of probably forgot about having seen it, but it's it's an enjoyable movie, though, for sure.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, One thing... Uh, that that always struck me about the movie is yeah it's a sports movie and I think that's if you were to look it up on uh, the IMDb or Yahoo or whatever it would the, the first category genre would probably just say sports or drama or something but uh, mm-hmm. it, it's not it, it's like moral center is a little askew though because the protagonist is this kind of uh, what what would you say he's like a sports betting betting like hustler right. Right
1: yeah.
0: yeah who who's kind of yeah, in he, the, he just, uh, yeah. We,
1: we, yeah we don't know what he does besides basically just makes sports bets like that's and he's so in debt. that's all, time is just focused on that.
0: So. Right, right, right. Uh, and I I always, I think the first time I watched the movie, I was like, oh, he's gonna completely reject this sports betting life, and you know, he's gonna be, like, the savior to these kids, and it's gonna, like, follow that path. But no, they they have him betting, like, throughout the movie, just being this, like, degenerate lowlife, like, day drinking yeah. and smoking cigarettes around kids, and, like, just doing weird shit, like, Keanu's doing weird shit in this movie that isn't, like... Normal for this type of kids sports drama. Like he's a. Uh, did you catch those few times? Like he'd go pick up his his check, and he'd just like growl at the woman who hands him his check, and he'd just act weird and kooky. Yeah, but, I um, mean, there's,
1: yeah, he, yeah. He like actively just like for some reason at that moment decided I'm gonna scare this person. <laughs> right, but, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's doing all kinds of weird shit in this movie. It's a. It's a very. I, it's. I'm surprised that I didn't remember most of this stuff because it's very. I feel like if you're gonna watch a inspiring, uh, you know, movie about kids coming together to play baseball and have it change their lives for the better, that you would remember that this kind of stuff happens
0: in it. But yeah, I really like his acting choices, though, for that reason, because you know it's not just the the super white bread safe choices that you make. He's he's. Being a character, and he's kind of outside mm-hmm. the the box, and the the script is really weird in that it makes gambling pay off for him.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, and then I mean, on that, on top of all the other, you know, uh, white savior aspects of it, it's it's a little odd. Like, I feel like this is a movie where, yeah, I mean, anyone, if if it wasn't these actors, you know, both Keanu and Diane Lane, and also just the really good kid actors. I don't know how much this would actually work like it's yeah on a script level it's iffy at best like in ter- I mean, it's still it's enjoy- it's very enjoyable but like if you actually start getting too into the uh, you know politics of it it's not it's not going to hold up super well but it's so I want I mean it's it works because of the actors I think in the end.
0: Oh, no. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, those actors, you said Diane Lane, and of course, uh, Keanu's the, the star, but we also have John Hawks in like a pretty yeah, John Hawks, yeah. major role, you know, especially for 2001. And then uh, a very early appearance by who, Sam?
1: Michael B. Jordan.
0: Yeah. Going as uh, Michael Jordan yeah. in this movie.
1: <laughs> yeah. And this is yeah this is the year, year or two before uh, The Wire. So this is like Probably is for one of his first things for sure.
0: Yeah, I think it is his first uh, appearance in on screen.
1: Yeah, and we'll get to his character in a bit, but yeah, let's get you know get, uh, set up the movie for those mm-hmm. uh, who haven't seen it or are going to watch it after this. But uh, Keanu, yeah, plays a desperate ga- gambler, uh, Connor, who basically it start, the movie starts with him. Uh, he bets six grand on a game, uh, which we later found out that he put in his dad's name, who is dead. So, like, that's that's not a good start. Uh, but, so basically it's him. He loses the game. Uh, you know, he, he bet that the Bulls would win. Uh, they lose. Uh, and so basically now he's in debt to two different bookies for six grand. So he owes $12,000 to these guys who are, you know, it's your tip. Again, odd for a kid's sports movie to have uh, at, like he, him punching his you know, punching, a gla- uh, punching out a window to avoid getting kneecapped by these gangsters. Like, <laughs> that's one way to start a movie like this. Yeah, And he, uh, so yeah, then he uh, gets bailed out by uh, Tiki. Uh, John Hawkes plays Tiki, and we never understand why his name's Tiki, but that's okay. Uh, cool. But yeah, John Hawks is a good, you know, he's one of those, uh, before this, he was just one of those guys. Like, he was a, I think even now he's still just, for general audiences, he's one of those great character actors that blends into the role. And uh, But, yeah, he does a good job of being this kind of uh, weaselly guy that probably gets uh, Keanu into trouble more often than not.
0: Yeah, at this point I had only known him as the, the kid behind the counter in From Dusk Till Dawn. I think that was the yeah. only connection I made when I first saw this movie. Because this was before Identity, even, and then that's when he starts to become yep. a little bit more prevalent.
1: Yeah, uh, so basically he bails him out, uh, and then uh, Connor goes to uh, his, like, yuppie corporate friend, I guess. like it, I guess they're friends, but it's, yeah, again, not clear why they're friends, but uh, basically he's trying to get a loan from him, uh, and he says, I'll give you $500 a week if you uh, coach this uh, little league baseball team in the projects. Uh and like I assume that he's doing this just because he doesn't want to do it anymore and so he's like offloading at first it seems like he's genuinely trying to help his friend, but later it's basically he's just doing it so he doesn't have to.
0: Right. And that's and and uh not to bury the lead, but that, that corporate uh stock trader that's DB Sweeney. Like at his indeed. at his most DB Sweeneyest. <laughs>
1: For sure, uh, yeah. It's it's great. It was great to see him as the you know slick back hair uh, mm-hmm. kind of corporate douche. But uh, yeah, and then so he you know agrees because he's not going to throw away five hundred dollars uh, a week there. Uh, so he agrees to do it. Uh, and uh, so interesting fact is that uh, the, the where he's going to be coaching this team is in the uh, Cabrini Green housing project in Chicago. And so, is this or is this not in the Candyman universe? That is the question.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, this is this is certainly with uh, what within a decade of uh, the events of Candyman. But right. uh, yeah, we don't have we don't have any clear crossover. But I, I would say that it's uh, it's within the Candyman verse. Sure, sure,
1: it is official. All right, uh, and uh, so yeah, Connor uh, starts you know hanging out with the kids. Uh, at first, he's very much like. Uh, the weird thing about this movie is that he flips in and out of whether he's actually getting invested in this or if he's just doing it because it's... And, it like, you know, one scene he'll be... it's like Even, like, right away it seems like he's kind of invested in this. Like, oh, these kids are kind of cool. Uh, you know, maybe I like this. But then in the next scene he's like, no, I don't like this anymore. And it's... I mean, it's just funny how... how off, Like, you'd think the first time he sees meets with the kids that he would be like... Uh, almost like a you know bad news bears type like where he's just like not even he's just ignoring them fighting and all this stuff but he's kind of like immediately starts saying hey don't use such language and it's kind of odd but
0: no and he and he has good instincts I think as a a coach mentor like leader especially with this group of boys where he sees their dyna- dynamic he sees how they're fighting and then he kind of fights back with them and then he he gives them like these little lessons of like if you can't dish it or if you can't take it, don't dish it, you know, like that type of thing. Right. The boys like, hmm, all right. Yeah. But, um, we, we should also say that these kid actors are like very fucking entertaining and like serve, serve, yeah. serve the film. Well, it's not, uh, it's not super saccharine and they're not like really playing up like terrible stereotypes of like kid actors yeah. or low. Yeah. They're just grounded. Yeah. Uh
1: huh. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah, and you know they're not stereotypes of uh, any in any way, and that's a good you know does a good job of that. And they have great chemistry with Keanu. I mean, you can see why he would uh, be able to. Uh, and I like how they're all, all the kids are different too. Like they're not uh, like there's a kid, chubby kid with asthma. There's a uh, like a really tiny kid who's probably my favorite character in the movie. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. And. Uh, yeah, but just immediately, you can see that this is going to turn into a... Uh, you want to see these kids get together and, you know, kick some butt in baseball. And, uh, but basically, he uh, there's only seven kids at, at the team. And obviously, they need nine to play baseball. Uh, so this, these two guys that keep showing up, like the coach of the best team of the league and the president of the league, uh, are basically like, you know, you have two days to get a team together. Uh, and basically, so the kid, he, he asked the kids why there's, you know, where the other two players are. Uh, and he finds out that basically the, their teacher at school is saying, made a deal with their moms that they can't play baseball unless they uh, get a book report in. Uh, and so he has to go, you know, go to the school. And then this is where uh, enter Diane Lane as the, uh, obligatory cool teacher who he has to have a relationship with, you know,
0: but yeah. And there's uh, all she, this, but they
1: have great chemistry.
0: Yeah. And there's all this religious imagery early in the movie. And then there's this misdirect about him going to visit sister. What, what's her name? What's the teacher's name? Wilkes. Wilkes. Yeah. yeah. Sister Wilkes. So it's this misdirect of him going to meet a nun. And then Diane Lane opens the door <laughs> and then he's like, and oh, he's, and, thank God. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and he literally gets hit in the face and says, like, uh, you know, she's like, I'm not a nun. Yeah, he says, uh, thank God. And he's like, she's like, what does that mean? And he's like, oh, uh, never mind. Like, yeah. It's great. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's basically the kids, I guess, go to, it's a Catholic school, I guess, but, uh, and then it's really not brought up again until the end, but it's fine. Like, she's uh, just, uh, she's a good teacher. She cares about the kids, and she's, you know, him, she's warning him that, like. Uh, You know, these kids early on, it's like these kids have, they need someone that they can trust, like they need. uh, And so that immediately puts in the stakes because he's here just to pay off his debt. uh, But now he's realizing that like quickly realizing that these kids need someone that they can uh, rely on. And it's kind of sort of the stakes that like if he's not going to be there, uh, fully be there, then that's going to really affect these kids.
0: No, a- absolutely. And that's actually a part of the, the film which uh, I, I connected to, you know, in, in my first watch. is uh, I remember when I started um, working at middle schools and high schools. And, well, I did it as a substitute at first. And then you would have these contentious relationships with students, no matter how long you were substituting, whether it was like a mm-hmm. couple days or like a couple weeks. And the, like the kids themselves, it, it almost sounded like characters in this movie where they're like... We're, we're giving you shit because you're just not going to be here next week. Like, you're not going to be here right. for us. Like, so we don't care because you don't care. Because if you cared, you'd be here again, you know? Um, right. So, exactly. So, like, I've literally heard that in real life from, from kids. So that, I mean, I really connected to that. That was authentic. And then um, I remember after watching this movie a couple times over the years, I was watching it with a, a 12th grader last year. Well, there were more kids in the room, but, like, one of my 12th graders was like, oh, that's what we thought of you, Delaney, when you when you first got here. And that kid was in 6th grade back then, so I was like, oh, this, this shit really, <laughs> like, does matter. They think about this all oh, the time. Man. But, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then uh, that really hits home to him
1: when uh, he goes back to the next practice, uh, and the mom of uh, Kofi, who's one of the kids that needs to write the book report, uh, comes and basically says, like, uh... You know, she says, like, if you don't, uh, you know, if you're not here with these kids, then it's gonna, I can't remember the exact quote, uh, but basically, like, it's gonna be on your ass. Like, I'm gonna, you know, like, don't fail these kids. Uh, and at first, you know, it's, again, Cameron plays it really well, where he's like, you can see in his face that he, you know, genuinely conflicted about this, because, like, he obviously is just there to pay off this debt, but at the same time, he's like, he doesn't want to fuck these kids over, uh. And so, it starts work chipping away at him slowly throughout the movie, right? Uh, and so, basically, now this is finally when he starts uh, actually being a coach. Uh, the kids start kind of. He kinda, finally is able to kind of convince them to. Oh no! I guess his first practice, he's still being kind of a dick because uh, he's basically just waiting for his friend to show up. Uh, so he keeps them after, uh, like late at night. Uh, and so again, this just kind of they keep showing him things that he needs to actually be present with these kids because uh, one of the kids, uh, what's his name, uh, Anderson? Yeah, Anderson, uh, gets beat up on his way home because they kept him too late after practice. Hold
0: on, Sam. Uh, so was it re- uh, was it Mr. Anderson?
1: It was, yes. All right. Neo, good yeah. job. All
0: good right. call. Good.
1: All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so he uh, comes to the hospital to meet him and, this is where you kind of... Uh, again, it's, this movie's kind of, again, on a script level, as on a... Uh, it's a little unclear, like, exactly which version of uh, Connor we're getting in a scene. Like, is he going to be... Uh, does he actually care about these kids? And, I mean, at the end, we realize that he does, but, like, scene to scene early on, it's a little unclear exactly. Uh, it's not Keanu's fault. It's just... Uh, because he goes back to, again... Making bets again on the team and or on you know so it's uh, and then it kind of just turns a corner where suddenly he's like no nope, I'm good now uh, it's a, it's a little odd but it I don't think it doesn't really affect you while you're watching it too much but
0: yeah because I think that la- that last time where he's going back and forth back and forth before he takes the kids to the the Sammy Sosa game mm-hmm. that that's probably like what with like what forty minutes left in the movie when when they really show Connor wrestling with, like, are you going to be here for the kids or not? You remember that?
1: Yeah, yeah. And it, it is weird because, like, it doesn't... Yeah, and like you said earlier, that it kind of makes it that the gambling works out for him. Like, yeah, he was in debt up, you know, past his eyeballs, but, you know, he made one bet and the it won, and now he's good. Like, that's totally how gambling addiction works.
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> right? He would still be an addict after that. That would make him even worse. Yeah, I mean, it,
1: it, it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, because it goes, literally, he, uh, like, uh, even his Tiki, uh, John Hawk's character, is like, immediately like, okay, we got this money, now let's go bet again. Uh, but it's basically kind of just like, no, I like these kids now. This right. Is
0: what do. And, then the, uh, and then the writer and the filmmaker is like... They're, they're still trying to fuck with the audience a little bit, because there's, like, the montage after he wins where you see a bunch of liquor bottles, you know, or uh, liquor boxes going into the station wagon that, like, Connor's right. getting. And you're like, oh, he's buying all this liquor, and then that's a misdirect for how the team gets their <laughs> their uniforms for the the big games. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah we're skipping ahead a little bit. That's okay. Yeah, we but, are. We are. Uh, we are. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, so the next practice... Uh, he basically convinces them that, like, let's stop trash-talking each other. Uh, and then another breakthrough he has is he goes to the... Uh, Miss Wilkes uh, invited him to, uh, you know, he like, told him to read the book that the kids were reading. Uh, turns out it's a wrinkle in time. Uh, and this is another breakthrough he has. He's at the class. You know, the kids are talking about uh, what they liked about the book. Uh, and Andre, who we then later find out is the best player on the team, uh, basically says, like, I thought the book was bullshit because in the book uh, she thought her dad was going to come back, and then he did. Uh, and he basically says, like, you know, where I come from, uh, dads don't come back. And so that's kind of hits Keanu. He's like, okay, maybe I do have to take this seriously. Maybe these kids need someone to not bail on them again. So it's that's a good that's a good moment for him, uh, and that's finally where he uh, he gets the team uh, together, and they finally start you know playing together as a team. Well, uh, but they still lose the fir- their first game really badly. Uh, and it's funny because there's really only like two or three games in this actual move in this movie about baseball. Uh, they skip two of the games pretty much, but it's fine. I mean, I, I get it. It's only an hour and forty five minutes, but. Uh, still, it still struck me as surprisingly little baseball games in this baseball movie.
0: Yeah, in the the way they cover the... Because it is a sports movie, and it builds up to the big game, and, you know, in this type of and movie... And they show the practices a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they show they show more of the practices. They show more of the team building than the actual, like, exhibition sure. games. But the I, I think, and I mean, we're going to have to talk about this soon with, like, Baby G or... With G-Baby. Uh, yeah. And... When G Baby takes the field in the championship game, and then it's just like a hard cut, and you don't see what happens in the championship game. I, yeah. I legitimately think that's good storytelling, though, like, and interesting in that they don't show the big game at all, you know? Um, yeah. And then, and then this super dramatic. Are we doing full spoilers or? Uh, yes, this is, a, so
1: yeah, at this point, we are, this is a full spoiler episode.
0: All right. Uh, so if you wanna, <laughs> for, you know, for hardball, for people on the yeah. message boards, like, all right. I mean, this is going to
1: ruin the movie for you guys.
0: Yeah. Uh, if you don't you want hardball so, but... ruined for you, bail now. But um, no. But when when uh they're they're playing the game that if they win it, you know, they go to the championship, and it's it's an underdog story. So you legit don't know at this point in the movie if they're going to win the game or not. And you think that the whole drama is going to be built around uh the outcome of this game, but then they just fucking don't show you what happens at at the end of the game. And then it, you know, hard cuts to Keanu dropping uh the brothers off at at home and then there's it, it, it's one of the first times in the movie where we follow characters that are not Connor, that aren't Keanu. And right. we stick with the brothers and then there's a a shootout in the projects and uh G-Baby gets killed. And then it Yeah, cuts- and that that yeah. is
1: something I completely had forgotten about uh before this rewatch. Uh but yeah, it's it goes to that place and I was wasn't,
0: wasn't expecting it. Right. Yeah. It, it, it yeah, it goes it goes hard dramatically, hardball, right? But uh but mm-hmm. then they're doing the uh the funeral scene and they invite Connor up to speak and I I think it's a great piece of acting from uh Mr. Oh. Reeves. Yeah, he does great here for sure where i mean he's he's given some really like in in the hands of other actors i mean it could have been like really insincere it could have been like you know too sugar coated or i i think he mm-hmm. he plays it pretty earnestly as like a dude who didn't know he was going to connect with children that ended up connecting with children and like he found uh, you know his his reason for for being around those boys more than, you know, just the the money that he was chasing cuz he shouldn't have been getting paid for that in the first place. So that's kind right. of like some bullshit. But um but then the way that the director of Good Burger, we, we should probably point that out, but the way he he cuts back and forth between Connor's speech at the funeral and then the way that uh uh G-babies up to plate like went in the game. And I thought that was really interesting. Like a, a great way to cover a game and make it less um, uh, you know tropey for for the way that yeah. those are showed.
1: Yeah, I was yeah, I was a little you know, at first it's like it's a little weird, like why is it cutting away right before this moment, and then it realized why, you know, once we realize why. Uh but yeah, that scene is that's probably the most interestingly uh, cut and shot scene just because of, you know, it's focusing on Keanu and then him telling the story and then showing that victory and flashback to focus on uh, G baby's yeah it it makes sense and uh and then yeah Keanu just he just sells that you know mix of pride and tragedy really well uh, and he sells it really well for sure
0: for sure and then uh, of course that's followed up with the actual championship game which i think is really cool that they don't show it at all they just show the, the nope. players running to bases, and then that's the end of the movie. And I, I thought that was really cool, too.
1: Yeah, and uh, the one thing is, so, like, uh, a little earlier in the movie, uh, uh, what's uh, Michael B. Jordan's character, or Jamal. Uh, Jamal, so yeah. Basically, he was, the o- he was the oldest player, and actually they found out that he was, like, uh, too old uh, to play. And so the the game before uh, the final game, before the championship, uh, they're playing the best team in the league. Uh, there are these... Uh, it's from the coach from earlier. And basically they realize that these scrappy uh, poor kids are now suddenly doing better than the other teams. And now we're going to try to sabotage it because that's what we're going to do. Uh, so they like... Uh, now they finally... They tell Jamal he can't play anymore. Uh, and again, this is clear why Michael B. Jordan has become a star uh, in this... I mean, Obviously, the wire is what got him huge, but this is again. I would like to imagine that this is one of those things that got him that job on the wire because he's not in it very much. But there's that scene where he uh, is totally can't play anymore, and it just the devastation is really heartbreaking.
0: It 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 really is. And like if I have I um I really almost love every movie I ever see, and part of that comes from I talked about this the other day on. Twitter, but like I think, I think I'm not a great critic because I I've made movies myself, so I kind of think movies are miracles, and there's like little things to love no matter no matter the project. And I, mm-hmm. I if if I were to have like one qualm with this movie though, it's when Jamal gets cut from the team. It's screenwriting. It's not it's not the performances, but he right, like right. he immediately disappears, and then when he yeah, shows it's... when he shows back up in G Baby's uh, murder. Uh, you know he's he's on the wrong side of the tracks it was like he got cut from the team and uh because this you know young black boy didn't have guidance or something to do he immediately went to the gang and that immediately resulted in the death of a former teammate
1: right you know? it's one of those things where like yeah again jordan does a great job in it but like yeah the it's a really underwritten subplot like it's literally it's almost uh, even as as impactful as the aftermath of G-Baby's, you know, death is, with Keanu's performance and everything, it feels like it's just, it's wanting to say more about, you know, the cycles of violence and the complicated issues in Chicago, but it really doesn't go there, and so it's almost like, yeah, if, if it had been even just 20 minutes longer where we had followed Andre a little more, but instead it's just, it's just thrown out there and then not brought up again until it's Needed and it's like I feel like they could have done a lot more with uh, Jamal to make it have that impact hit more. Uh, but I wonder if they're just kind of afraid of going there. But almost that's it's almost worse that they don't like uh, it's almost like that they're just making it about how these how this tragedy impacts these two white people. And that's you know, it's it's a little iffy for sure. And I, I mean, it's I don't think it breaks the movie, but I can see—I can definitely see why some might have issues with that for sure.
0: Yeah. Also, I feel that it—it goes against what has been set up with Connor's character in that he's a good improviser. We've seen this guy lie and get away with it, and like win based off of his lies like multiple times. It, you know, to him cutting Jamal. So I, and we know he cares about the kids. So I—I kind of feel like Connor would be better at. Being like, hey, we we're cutting you from the team, but guess what? I need a team manager. You know, like that type of thing. Like keeping the kid involved because we know he wants to do that. It just seems kind of weird where he's like, I gotta cut you, so you gotta go. Bye. You know? Well, it,
1: yeah. I mean, I, I, it's one of those things where I get where the writer was coming from. Like, it, I don't think I don't think he handled it super well, but I get that he wanted to do that thing where, like, again, show that impact of what happens when these kids aren't given opportunities and when they aren't given. Uh, You know, but again, like it's—they just really don't go there. They just—they throw it out there to say, "Here, here's an issue," but then, yeah, they never really uh, elaborate on it further, and it's—it's a shame because I feel like it could have even been a better movie if they had even just a little bit more there. Uh, Again, I get how there's a lot of there's a lot of characters, and you can only do so much, but they didn't really do much with any of the other characters either. So, uh, and I even forgot that. Andre and G Baby were brothers until the end, so.
0: Yeah, when they yeah, when you see them getting dropped off together. Yeah. Uh
1: but yeah, I mean so that's I think that is the big that's the big uh biggest uh setback for this movie, but uh it, yeah, just I would like to see in a little more, but it's one of those classic things of uh I mean this is based on a book and I do not know if its non—I do not know if it's a non- I don't know if it's a non-fiction book of like a kid a guy who actually
0: I think it is cuz yeah. I think it is cuz it's it's called Hardball a season in the projects or it, it like it gets more specific with where it takes place. Sure. I think it is uh based on a true story. But um how weird is it that they decided <laughs> that the mantra of the movie was going to be I love it when you call me Big Papa? Yep, that <laughs> pretty great. Uh
1: yeah, that, that's probably the yeah, one of the players uh is constantly wearing headphones, and it turns out that he can only, he's a really good pitcher but only if he's listening to uh Biggie's Big Papa.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: To the point and, where there's actively a, where they like uh they tell him that he can't listen to the headphones anymore. So at the big game, uh they're tied up and he like there's a, great, a, a moment where Keanu Reeves and Diane Lane are singing Big Papa. So
0: yeah and then you get a bunch of like nine-year-old children saying she should be having my baby baby (laughs) you're like what is going on but what what i thought was really funny this this uh this rewatch uh like really paying attention not doing work in the background or not talking to one of my students or you know conferencing but uh really paying attention reading subtitles when keanu first asks What's in his headphones? One of the kids goes, uh, it's Biggies, uh, Big Papa. And then Keanu goes, How does it go? Like, what wait, what is that song? And then the kid's like, you know, I love it when you call me Big Papa. And then he like teaches Keanu uh Biggie's Big Papa, and then you don't hear anything about it for a while. And then later in the movie, when Keanu wins the big bet that gets him the 12 grand that, like, honestly, that like, fixes the major uh, problem in the story for Connor's character, (laughs) which was just money. And betting one, and that was the end of that. But when he wins that bet, and he comes into the bar, and he's, like, just a little toasted, you know? He comes in singing it perfectly, like he's known Biggie his entire life. Then he starts, like sexually harassing customers and, like, telling them they should have his baby, baby. Yeah, and, and I'm like also what? John
1: Hawks knows all the words of the song, too.
0: Yeah, it's like, right! Like, he didn't know who Biggie was and he didn't know Big Papa and then he learns it and at some point he teaches it all to Twitch and Twitch is like, that's our shit. Like, that's what we're doing. We are now going <laughs> to sing Big Papa and kiss random women in bars.
1: Yep, that is indeed... A scene in the movie and it's it's a scene uh, but yeah it's it's funny that it is like the that became a big I wasn't expecting it to like keep coming back in the movie uh, but yeah and uh, another thing so like this uh, he when he like does this final bet uh, to clears uh, again like it literally uh, he goes to uh, Mark Margolis uh, shows up and uh, like he's in one scene And, like, he, for some reason, is willing to take this greasy, sweaty, nervous Keanu Reeves uh, and take a bet from him. Uh, And, like, yeah, and then there's a scene, and then, like, literally, an hour left from the movie, he just kind of decides, okay, I'm going to take care of these kids now. Uh, And there's this great scene where he, like, at first he's, like, it's, like, the inner struggle of him, like, uh, but it just kind of comes across as funny where he, like, uh, brings, he's like, I'm just gonna bring the equipment to these kids. Uh, give me a ride, Twitchy. Uh, and then he's like, okay. And then in the scene, he's like, actively like yelling at the kids, like, I don't want, I don't need you. Like, I, I'm quitting. Uh, and then he's like, no, wait, I'm actually gonna stop gambling now. Uh, and then they just abandon uh, John Hawks. And then at the final game, John Hawks is there cheering them on. Uh, even though he's been against them But, but,
0: but that scene where he's like going back and forth like i'm gonna quit no i'm not gonna quit i'm gonna quit i'm not gonna quit brian robbins again the director of good burger he's covering it like it's fucking paul thomas anderson or like brian de palma like he's just tracking keanu keanu's doing his beat tracks him back to the car and john hawks is like what's happening and i'm kind of wondering the same thing. I'm like, why don't you, do, why don't you cut? Because we're clearly not getting it in this, you know, long take. But let me ask you this, Sam. Do you, I without, without researching, do you think that all the minor, not minor league, but little league teams in Chicago are named after, like, African tribes? Or, like, what was that I have that no about? idea,
1: because that. Is, yeah, I don't know. Because then they, and it is, they're the Cucumbas, right? That's the team, uh-huh. team name. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I guess that i that's the question because it is written by white people, so I don't know if that's, I mean it might be, but it's really never explained, like uh, and they even, like, there's a moment where he, uh, when he places that bet, he places it under the name Cucumba.
0: I know, uh, and, and Mark McGullis like, is like, are you fucking sure? That's, you're weird. <laughs> yeah, and at first I thought they said cucumber,
1: that's what I thought they said at first, and I was like Oh no no, they're doing African tribe. That's that's interesting.
0: Well, because the other team, the the um the big team that has like the Baltimore Orioles colors, you know. Right. That uh, they're uh they're also the name of an African tribe too. Like the Yeah,
1: and I'm confused where the the, how this league or... actually is run like, like I'm I'm a little confused with the logistics of the way this uh I mean again, we're not going to they're not going to get into the full how the uh teams are organized, but it's a little confusing that there's, like, uh, this white coach that's, like, really into caring about, or, like, who, who's using these young black kids to, like, get trophies for his office. Like, he's, like, this, I think it's also, it's almost just to have this really awful white guy so that you don't mind so much that Keanu's coming in and uh, playing the savior a little bit. But it's odd.
0: It is odd. And then the other thing I would say is odd is like their choice for Jurassic Park font for like all the team name. Oh, that is tr- I knew I recognized
1: that font, and that is basically what it is. It's right. Jurassic Park font, <laughs> and I'm
0: just like, what is happening? Yeah, <laughs> anyway. and
1: every team has that same font, which is again confusing. Yeah, uh, and every game is played. Like at their why wouldn't field they print out too? Right, like why wouldn't they print out? Jur- why would the? Uh, other team only get t-shirts instead of jerseys. It's very strange. But, (laughs) again, just to show that they're the underdogs and they have that turnaround. uh, But, yeah, I was interested. Literally, it cut the movie, the uh, Andre, uh, G-Baby's brother, shows up. And uh, there's this great scene, though. uh, So after the funeral, uh, they invite uh, Keanu into the auditorium to, like, say that, uh, and they're like, "Are you gonna quit on us again?" And then uh, there's this great line where the one of the kids says, uh, "We're playing, bitch." Uh, and I, it's, it's funny. It just made me laugh. Yeah, little and, kids calling Keanu bitch.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, and then well, there's a great point at the beginning of the movie too, where they're they're dropping the b word and like about to drop other you know f bombs and shit. And then Keanu's like, "Can we stop with the bitches?" Yeah.
1: I like, so, I like. I mean, really. yeah. yeah. So it's a callback, and I, but it's just yeah. I mean, it's just the. But really, just the better the, that they you know these kids were willing to play, and uh, so it ends with uh, they think they're going to have to forfeit because Andre's not there, uh, but he shows up anyway to you know saying he's he came you know that G Baby showed up every game to watch us play. Uh, why would we stop now? And then yeah, it cuts to black, and it just again it doesn't show. Another game. It just cut It just shows the montage of photos showing that they won, and uh, then yeah. inspirational song comes in.
0: No, it's it's sweet, man. Of the of the the movies that have those white savior tropes, I think this one is up there for me personally, alongside like Holes or something. It, it, like I I have a, a fondness for this movie. And I think it's weird enough, you know, especially with needle drops like Dmx up in here, and it cuts out all the like suck my dick and like all that shit. Yeah, it, <laughs> but you see like the,
1: every yeah, it runs <laughs> every early two thousands. Uh, any hip hop song that you would think that they would play they do play it uh, and it's, uh yeah i i think this movie it's it's a charming movie it's i mean again it's got some issues but i think it's at the same time that those and the you know the iffiness of how they deal with certain uh complex issues but at the end of the day i think it you know it's hardest in the right place and it gets the conversation started and you know again it's not this isn't gonna solve any problems but it's I don't think. I also don't think it's gonna cause any damage either. I think it's just a well-intentioned movie that might, uh, you know, again, could have been a little more uh, interested in that aspect of it. But in the end, it's just a inspirational, charming movie with uh, Keanu with some cute kids and a, a funny kids, and I think that's I think that's worthwhile.
0: Oh no! I most definitely. Let me ask: Did you hit up the IMDb like trivia page?
1: Uh, I didn't for this one. Okay. Have you, do you have some tidbits for us?
0: <laughs> well, it, it's just the most inane bit of trivia. <laughs> I was like, who the fuck typed this? And then why the fuck did IMDb approve it? But it, it said... Uh, no, it's,
1: the, it's, it's the perfect way to end this episode, so please enlighten <laughs> mess with this.
0: Said, it said, Hardball was released on September 14th, 2001, the same day as The Glass House. Both starring Diane Lane. These are the first two major release movies since the September 11th, 2001 terrorist attacks. Oof. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. a bit of trivia. Thank yeah. you. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, you're welcome. It's like, it's like, no, but thank you to that person that thought that, that was a interesting piece <laughs> of trivia. That, hey, this came out September 14th. Did you know that, that was only three days after 9-11? That's an I interesting know. fact. There
0: you go. But but then... to to, to fucking rope poor Diane Lane into it, who, you know, she's right. been through she's been through enough. She she is legitimately America's sweetheart, and I won't hear otherwise. Yeah,
1: she and uh I lo- I think Diane I would love to see Diane Lane and Keanu in a movie again. They have great chemistry. Uh it would be great to see them in a movie you know, star in a uh you know, Keanu's teaming up with uh people that he's worked with in the past recently, so maybe we've got another uh Another one coming for us.
0: Yeah, seriously. Yeah, if we get if we get uh, Keanu and Winona back from Dracula and being them charming selves in Destination Wedding, we should get like a nice charming Diane Lane Keanu uh, movie to wash it down. I'm I'm with you, Sam.
1: I mean, we got him with Diane Keaton later, but yeah, he's you know working with all the Dianes. But yeah, we need another. Uh, let's start campaigning for that now. Uh, let's do it. You know. Uh, she should be in John Wick 4 also so.
0: <laughs> you know, but she she's the only person who's not in John Wick 3 at least John Wick 3 has yep. everybody doesn't it I know uh, i'm i'm still hoping for a Carrie
1: Ann Moss cameo but that's a conversation for another day oh my god uh, yeah. but uh yeah this is great uh it's great talking to you again with the you know where he's not having a terrible Keanu's not having a terrible uh French-Canadian accent where he's watching (laughs) two people have sex for 37 seconds. That is... That's, Uh, like,
0: all he did. And then he drank in that bar. And, yeah. Oh, well. Awesome. Uh, So,
1: yeah, thanks so much for joining me, Mike.
0: Thank you, Sam. I love your show, man. Seriously, uh, congratulations. Yeah, the last uh, two episodes... I heard. I haven't listened to replacements yet, but um, I love Devil's Advocate, and then those two boys you had on for the Matrix. That was a that was a deep dive, and I'm excited to hear the uh, the sequels. Yeah,
1: yeah, I am very, uh, very, very happy with those Matrix episodes. Uh, so thank you for complimenting me. It lifts me up.
0: Oh, did, wait, you already recorded Reloaded and Revolutions? No, not yet. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no that that Matrix episode was really weekend, good though. Yeah, yeah,
1: cool. Thank you very much. All right, brother. awesome. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, Join me next time where we will be discussing the movie that Mike was happy enough to plug for me, uh, The Matrix Reloaded. Until then, keep being excellent to each other.